Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode on the Weight Loss of Women 40 Plus podcast. Now what we're going to do today, I'm going to give you a battle plan for overcoming the sleep issues, getting that good and making sure that you're sleeping through the night as much as possible. Because as you might know from following me for a little while now, sleep for women 40 plus is going to be one of the cornerstones for a successful weight loss journey. If your food's perfect, you're exercising really good, you're hitting the calorie deficits, you're staying off the alcohol and you're not sleeping well, you will still get very average to no results compared to if you slept fucking amazing and your food was good, average, exercise pretty good, walking most days, that lady will get better results than the lady that's not sleeping well. The big reason why is sleep is the thing that really restores the metabolism. It helps out the hormones. It helps normalize what's going on. I can tell you after working with over, man, I reckon we're up to about 1,500 ladies by now. That's 1,500 ladies that if we get someone's sleep good, we're going to see a cascade of positive effects. They start sleeping better. So what happens the next day? They've got more energy. Because they've got more energy, they're more inclined to work out. Because they're working out, they're feeling better. The endorphins are starting to run. And because they're working out, now they've got an investment into the day. Now they want to eat healthier. Because they eat healthier, they don't want to drink as much alcohol. And because they're not drinking as much alcohol, the weight loss is going faster. So what happens is you get this massive flowing effect from one, really one task. So I always like to look at someone's journey. I'm like, okay, what's the lever that we can pull that's going to give us the most bang for the buck? And for 90% of ladies, it's actually getting their sleep right. So let's run through. There's a couple of different scenarios when it comes to sleep. It's there's generally about, there's generally two, maybe three. Scenario number one, hard to fall asleep. Scenario number two, waking up throughout the night. Scenario number three, it's getting up to go to the toilet throughout the night. So they're the three main problems that we see for our ladies. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to break them down um, one by one and help out. Scenario number one, you're finding it hard to get to sleep. So first things first, if you don't have a regular bedtime, it's going to be impossible to get to bed or get to sleep on time regularly every single night. The reason that this is, is that your body works on what we call a 24-hour uh, ticker, 24-hour clock. And your body's circadian rhythm, which is like your sleep cycles when you start to get tired, again, works on a 24-hour clock. So your body really doesn't understand the difference between a weekend, holidays, or a weekday. If your body can't understand calendars, it doesn't understand weeks and months. All it can understand is the sun is up and the sun is down. So it works on this 24-hour ticker. So if you are living every night differently, going to bed at 8 a.m. one night, Monday to Friday, or Thursday, Friday, you go to bed at 10 o'clock. On the weekends, you go to bed at one because you want to stay up and watch movies. You're going to find it very fucking difficult to get to sleep when you want to fall asleep. Let me explain. If you go to bed at 8 p.m. tonight, your body's going to run on a 24-hour clock. So it, it assumes you're going to go to bed at 8 p.m. tomorrow night. Now, it's going to start to get start releasing some of those sleep hormones, adenosine. It's going to start producing... Um, things to kind of help you fall asleep and relax in the evening. So that might be around 7, 7.30, 7.45. You start to get a little bit tired because you've been awake for, uh, it's been 24 hours since you've been uh, in bed. 
sorry, like at bedtime, so 8 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's been 24 hours. Now, what do you think happens if you if you decide to push through from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m.? So your body's getting prepared for sleep at a little bit earlier. Now what's now what's happening is your body is pushed past its time where it'd be going to bed. So now we're going from bed from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Now you've pushed another two hours past your bedtime. Now you're starting to wake up again. Your body's like, oh, okay, so we're not going to bed now. Then, all right, let's start working things up again. So what happens is you start to wake up and you hop in bed and now your eyes are wide open. You're like, man, I'm not even tired. I was tired a couple of hours ago and I'm not tired now. So now you've thrown out the sleep cycle. So it's 10 p.m. tonight where you've gone to bed. Now tomorrow, it's going to be the weekend. So you're going to go to bed if, at 1 a.m. Let's say you watch fucking a really good Netflix series. You keep watching at 1 a.m. 24 hours goes by. It's now 10 p.m. The next day, your body's starting to get ready for bed. You push past it and now it's 1 a.m. And you can't fall asleep. And then on Monday, you go to bed at 8 p.m. So you see how having a different bedtime every night is really fucking it up. Your body's like, what are we doing? Seriously, like, what are we doing? Like, I can't get these sleep cycles right. And you find it hard to get to sleep. You're laying in bed for half an hour, an hour, two hours with your eyes wide open, staring at the ceiling as if it's the most important thing you've ever seen in your life. And you can't get to sleep. Regular bedtime is going to solve most people's problems. Monday to Sunday. And if you don't want to go to bed at regular bedtime, then don't complain that your sleep's not good. Very simple. Nice and easy. Okay, a couple other things. It's, it's nighttime and it's really hot. If your bedroom is warm to hot, it's going to be nearly impossible to fall asleep. We need to get our core body temperature down. Number one way to do that uh, is with fans and air cons. I like air cons because they don't have noise. That's a good way to do it. Bring the core, bring that temperature down and you're going to sleep, fall asleep a lot easier. When it's hot, we get a little bit bothered, tossing and turning, sweating, overheating, blankets, all that kind of stuff. So have that room as cold as possible. Yes, run the aircon, it's going to cost you. But I'm like, what's more important? Fucking adding an extra five to 20 years to your life by having good sleep or spending a little bit, a little bit extra money on the aircon bill. I can promise you now, the more you sleep, the longer that you live. Your body's not designed to be running on fucking empty. Another thing that you can do, if you find it hard to get to sleep because of noise, silicon earplugs. I sleep with earplugs every single night. It's fucking great. So for the light sleepers out there, you know, your partner snoring, the kids uh, making noise, uh, the loud car that's next door, that's me. I'm that asshole. What else is there? Birds chirping outside, um, animals making noises, you know, jumping on the bed, scratching on the door, all that kind of shit. Earplugs, really good. I don't like rubber earplugs because they're uncomfortable near. Silicon earplugs is kind of like a putty, like a silicon putty. You literally buy them at the chemist, they're five bucks, super good. And they mold to your ear so you can lay on a pillow nice and flat and you don't get that uncomfortable feeling in your ear. Very easy. It's going to keep you asleep. Um, another couple of things is sometimes if the room's um, all boarded up, so you've got the window shut, the door shut, you can get a lot of carbon dioxide in the room, particularly small rooms. So it can get quite stuffy quite quickly. CO2 levels are rising, oxygen levels are going down because you're breathing it in and CO2 is coming out. Plants inside the room, very, very good idea. Um, 
nice solid dark green plants generally pretty good they produce a lot of oxygen so that'll be nice and crisp oxygen inside the room very very good what else we got getting to sleep caffeine coffees i'm just going to rattle it off today ladies i'm just going um, all the solutions that we have caffeine is a really big one now some people are like i could drink 10 coffees and i'm not affected by caffeine but you're not sleeping good so you are so this is how it works. Caffeine has a half-life. So every drug has a half-life, meaning how much of the drug is still in the system after X amount of hours, well, half the amount of drug. So let's say you have 100 milligrams of caffeine and coffee has a half-life of eight hours, six to eight hours. That means 100 milligrams of caffeine goes down to 50 milligrams of caffeine and in six to eight hours, you've still got that 50 milligrams in there. So if you are finding it that you drink coffee, have energy drinks, any caffeine beverages past 12 p.m. So if you have 100 milligrams at 12 p.m. at around 7 to 8 p.m., you still got 50 milligrams in there. You're probably finding it hard to get to sleep because there's too much caffeine in the system. Caffeine is designed to uh, turn off adenosine, which is kind of the sleepy feeling you have at the start of the day. That's why people have coffee in the morning because they're sleepy and sluggish. Adenosine gets turned off fairly quickly by caffeine, again, it's going to stop you from sleeping. If it's designed to wake you up, it's designed to keep you up. So at nighttime, you're probably staying awake. So those ladies having coffees at 2, 3, 4, 5 p.m. or later, and you're not sleeping well, cut the fucking caffeine right back to halfway. Um, get it out halfway throughout the day. So before midday, have all your caffeine. Nice and easy. Okay, so they're the main ones for helping people get to sleep at night time. Staying asleep is generally going to be things, again, like the temperature of the room, uh, the noise throughout the night. So if you're getting woken up halfway throughout the night, earplugs are really good. Um, for the ladies that are getting up to go to the toilet at night time, this is a good one. So if you're getting up to pee, this is very bad. And I don't care if you get up to pee and you go back to bed and you fall asleep straight away. As soon as you are up and awake, you have had a nap. So if you get up at 2 a.m., you go to bed at 8 that means you've slept for four hours. So you've had a four hour nap and then whatever other sleep you get in is the rest of the nap. So don't be telling me, oh my God, I fall back asleep straight away. It doesn't affect me. That's not how the body works. Of course it affects you. Otherwise we wouldn't be having all these weight issues. So if you're having bad sleep and the weight's not moving, let's get the sleep right. And I promise you're going to feel way better. Okay, so getting up to the toilet. There's a couple of things we can do around this one. One of the main ones is Stop drinking liquids so fucking late at night time. Very simple. I see here so many ladies who are like, yeah, I drink like a full glass of water before I go to bed. Well, no shit, you're getting up to pee because you just injected a lot of liquid into the body. So how the body works, the body, when it comes to absorbing liquid, if you just drank a liter of water, you're generally going to pass a lot of that water straight through the system. Liquid over time gets absorbed better, not big quantities. I just have a liter at breakfast and I have a half a liter at lunch and I have half a liter before I go to bed. Yay, I got two liters in throughout the day. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really work like that. You'll pee uh, more often if you're injecting so much liquid at once. So cut the liquids right back to minimal a couple of hours before bed. I guarantee you go to pee before you go to bed and you're going to find way less likely to get up nice and easy particularly ladies having like a cup of tea at night time. Like, what are you doing? If you're going to get up and pee three times throughout the night, it's fucking dumb. Stop doing that. Also, a lot of people 
when they go healthy and they want to lose weight, they cut the salt right out of their food. So salt gets a bad rap. Too much salt is bad. Too little salt is bad. There is a healthy amount of salt. If you want to go look up the recommendations, they're on the website for the Australian Heart Foundation. They are there and it says salt is fine. So salt is good for water retention. So when people go healthy, they tend to cut out the processed foods to take away a lot of salt in their cooking. They try to eat really healthy, low salt, and the water retention goes down, meaning they pee more often because the salt isn't binding to the water, keeping it inside the body. So what tends to happen is health these real health kicks are low salt and people are peeing constantly throughout the day and throughout the nighttime. So go in and just have salt in your diet again. Add salt to your cooking, add salt on your food if you want it. Don't, it's not a bad thing unless your doctor specifically said, don't have salt because you're a walking heart attack, which for most people, that is not the case because your body needs a healthy amount of salt for water retention. Um, that's, that's going to be one of the biggest ones when it comes to those two, when it comes to sleep and getting up to go to the toilet. A couple of other little knickknacks that you can do, uh, particularly for ladies that are like, you know, got sore bodies or sore muscles, uh, they're a bit wired up at nighttime. Magnesium is really good. Powdered um, is fine. I like the tablets a bit easier because you're not drinking so much liquid before bedtime. But magnesium generally helps calm the systems down, a bit of a muscle relaxant as well. Um, they're quite good. Uh, they're the main ones, ladies. Like that's just off the top of my head. Um, if I spent more time, we could probably go through and find some more, but they're the ones that are going to give you biggest bang for your buck. Apply them, try one, try two, um, try all of them, and you'll see what works for you. Generally speaking, pretty easy to do. They're not complicated stuff. It's more just around time management and timing timings to get these things right. So if you're like, fuck, that was a lot of information. I need someone to do this for me. That's why we have coaches. I have five coaches that are absolutely the fucking best in the industry for working with women 40 plus, what's called our VIP transformation program. This is where we're helping women tone up, lose the weight, and then tone up and then learn how to maintain it. Creating something that fits your lifestyle because all of our women are busy as hell. They're working. Um, they've got responsibilities. They need something that's going to fit into what they do. That's what the coach does. So if you're looking for something like that, how you apply is you find the application form. Jump on my Instagram, you, uh, hit the link, and then it'll take you to the VIP application form. You'll find one on our website, blissbodyu.com.au. Fill it out. It'll come to us. Put in your details. If you half fill it out, I'm not even going to reply. We don't talk to people who are half-assed about getting help because we have limited spots. I'm not going to put someone in our program that is half-assing it compared to someone who really wants to help. So put the effort in, fill out the questions, give us detail, and then we'll contact you if we feel like we can help you out. And then we'll get you in, we'll have a chat and see if what we do could work for you. So ladies, in the meantime, lots of love, keep kicking goals, get that sleep right, and I'll catch you in the next episode.